Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 141. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. Mostly the same video games, but I did play video games within the last week, which might be an improvement over the week before. I can't remember what I talked about the week before, to be honest with you. I know I've been playing God Eater at least, and and I did play more God Eater this weekend. Uh, so we're getting close. Ep- like we're on story mission 148 out of 160. So we're almost there. I've been uh pumping out clothes like crazy because I want to dress up my character as much as I can before we finish this game. I don't know what the um so so the group I play this go- or play God Eater with they're also kind of like trophy hunters to some extent. So I don't know what the trophy situation is going to be once the story's done. But I get the feeling that we probably won't be on God Eater very long once we finish the story. So I'm trying to just pump through clothes right now and uh <laughs> and dress up as as much as I can. And I'm enjoying it. Like that's the thing is like God Eater has a lot of variety of clothes. The only problem is that the colors are all kind of locked. So. So you can only choose between like five different color sets between the outfits. And, you know, it, it's kind of annoying when you're like, oh, these two red things kind of go together. But one is like a weird colored red versus the other one. So it doesn't look quite right. But I try not to worry too much about it anymore. And just more, I don't know, just have fun with it. I'm not doing, I'm not trying to win a design contest or something. Uh, one thing I would like to be better at in general outside of just putting on clothes and God Eater is uh, just just getting a bit more variety and color in clothes and games because um I feel like what ends up happening is almost every outfit I choose is just kind of like two colors and then maybe an extra third like light touch of a third color and and I feel like I probably could mix it up a bit add in add in uh, some more colors and just need to maybe like open up a chart that's like a color uh I don't know what you call complementary color chart or something like that that's like hey these colors go together and things like that. And, uh, and just have that open while I work on some characters and hopefully hopefully get a better understanding so we don't have to sit there and have that open. But yeah, in terms of creative character stuff going forward though, like, so in God Eater 2, I'm playing uh, a girl because in God Eater 1, I was a guy. And because God Eater 1 and 2 are so similar, uh, I, I fully expected there to be a lot of overlap in the clothes. And there definitely is. There's a lot more new clothes in God Eater 2. But but especially the early clothes um, are very similar between the two games. So I, I switched genders so I could get more variety overall. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing another guy in a game soon. But I don't know what game that will be yet. Because um, I still need to finish Final Fantasy XV uh, Comrades. And that I already have my character made as a lady. So I'll probably stick with the lady. I could I could actually make a guy in that game, but I don't know. We'll see. I'll I'll think about it because there's there's really no penalty to changing gender in that game as far as I can tell. Versus like um I think like sort of online fatal bullet, you have to actually like restart the game to change your gender and things like that. Um Speaking of which, apparently there was some Fatal Bullet story DLC that came out recently, but anyways, I'm going to stop rambling about God Eater and characters and clothes. That's fine. I played a video game this week that was not God Eater, though. Uh, that's Luck Tuna. And if you went to one of the, uh, I think it was the first uh, Comic Cat stream I did for the games I picked up at Comic Cat 97, uh, I played a little bit of Luck Tuna there, and it's basically a rhythm game where you're a little... A little dog, a little Shiba Inu, I think. I'm not great on dog types, but I seem to recall it being Shiba Inu-ish. And uh, and uh, on that stream, I probably played through about half the game. I wasn't really sure how long it would be, but but uh, the, the map's pretty small in that game. So it's about, I think, four to six songs in the main story. 
And you basically go through the story about this dog who's with this kid. And hey, what do you know? Uh, things do not end so well. I got teary-eyed at the end, but I get teary-eyed at everything. So I'm not saying it was a particularly touching thing. I just, that's how I am. Like, even if something isn't sad, if you have the right music with it, my eyes just start watering because I'm a, I'm a little baby boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was good though. I liked it. It's basically, if you don't know, Lactuna is a, uh, uh, it's a rhythm game where you, you use eight keys on your keyboard to, to play, you know, like a guitar hero note track that comes down, you know? Um, and it, it's, it's, the only problem really is that it's based off the Japanese keyboard layout, which is fine for every key, except for the last key on the far right. The plus symbol on Japanese keyboards actually by the L key, but on a US keyboard, it's at the top of the keyboard, but it's still looking for that plus input. So I, when I play it, I have to like hold my pinky up really high compared to all my other, my all, all my other fingers. But I did enjoy it a lot, and there's actually a free play mode in it that has like additional songs that are that are less like uh, uh, the main story for Lactuna is kind of like touching and sad and stuff. Um, so it's a lot of like sad piano music or more like you know happier piano music. And then so you have in the the free uh, song mode, you have more. I don't know what you would call it, like more music game style music. It's, it's a bit more upbeat and, uh, and and has like anime ladies on the uh, the pictures instead, which I think is funny that it's like the whole thing, like the, the note chart is that it's like tears coming down. And you're pressing the, the keys to the tears. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm playing music to anime lady tears. <laughs> That's what I'm doing now. So look to is great. I wish I could tell you a place to get it. Uh <laughs> I think it is only available in a physical disc form from this guy or this group that was selling it uh, and um, and uh, at Comic Cat. So I'm not sure if there's a way to get it otherwise. I could ask if they plan to sell it anywhere else, but I, I'm gonna guess not. Uh, but hey, look soon if you ever see it, physical or digital, I recommend it. It's actually probably the one game at Comic Cat that really stood out to me. Even when I was there, I was like, I really want to check this game out um, in full at some point. And then it was a, a little bonus that the developer reached out to me on Twitter and was like, hi, thank you for buying this video game. And I was like, oh, you're welcome. You made a good video game. I think Lucktoon is a good game. Uh, I did have some crashing problems with it. On the stream, I had it crash, but that was my fault. I was running it off the disc and I ejected the disc before I closed the game. So the game was just like, I don't know what's going on anymore. And basically like crashed my entire window or... Windows Explorer, <laughs> um, uh, but I did have a handful of crashes when I was running it off my uh, my drive as well. So I copied the files from the disk to my drive, and and it was crashing every once in a while in that case. So I'm not sure um, if that's uh, like a common issue or if that's just something to do with how I like me copying the files onto a drive and it not really expecting that to be the case or something. Then I've also still been playing that Solomon program demo probably a lot longer than I should. I wish I could see how many hours I've put into it, but the problem is is that the Nintendo Switch, like, at least, I don't know for how long it does this, uh, it will just say you played this game as recently as, like, 14 days ago, and I don't really, I don't get what value that number has, really. I, it's weird. Anyways, but, uh, so I don't really know how much time I put into it, but I've put hours into it at this point, that's for sure. Um, and I finally got uh, the two Atokodal characters in there. So I, ha I got uh, Pride, uh, I think, before the, the podcast last week. And I got Waste, um, or Wist, however you pronounce it, um, on uh, 
today actually I, I played a little bit this morning and uh and got got her basically with that game like the structure of that game uh after you get through some of the, like the initial boss fights is uh there's like a daily challenge as far as i can tell and every daily challenge you do gives you a chance to defeat a uh a monster which will then be added to your party so uh the the tokodol characters are are in that pool so the, when i say monster i just mean i guess like unit because some of them are like flying angel dudes and stuff and like necromancers while other ones are like literally just like little furball guys and stuff so so it's not particularly monsters per se um but yeah see so basically what i what i've been doing basically is just kind of logging in and uh and doing a battle and then also just grinding out some extra fights for some extra exp uh because i've been leveling a bunch of different stuff i probably should stop playing it at this point because if it ever or like whenever it does actually come out I'm going to guess, A, it doesn't get localized, but B, I'm probably going to have to re-level all this stuff. I'm guessing none of this will transfer over. So, I don't know. I, I think I am interested in checking it out further, uh, but I'm also interested in, <laughs> and I guess, completing all the, like, boss fights quotes in this demo or whatever. I don't know. It's not a great use of my time in terms of, like, you know, productivity, but I am really enjoying it. So, I've still been checking in on it every day. It's very mobile game-ish in that way of just, like, you know, it, it has a level of strategy to it where you're, like, picking these monsters and stuff. And you do have a level of interaction with it, but it does feel very phone-like and, like, just moving on its own in some ways. Because, you know, all the monsters have, like, a, a, a set of uh, instructions they have on how to act depending on where enemies are, are on the map and things like that. So, I think I might do some kind of, like, quick play on that. I know I did, like, an hour-long stream, but that was the first time I played it, so I was just kind of getting the getting the groove of it. But I think at this point, um, it would be valuable for me to, to, to do, like, a breakdown video of how that game works. Maybe not breakdown video, but but just kind of give an overview, whether that may be, be me act actively playing it or, uh, you know, whatever. Like, a quick play or something, which actually you might see sooner rather than later. And then I also picked up Shenmue 3 again. Uh, so Shenmue 3, I, I think I'm halfway through the game. I, I don't really know content-wise, uh, you know, where what the balance of content is in that game. Uh, but I finished the first village, Bailu Village, finally, which I do like Bailu Village a lot. That was a that was a great uh, area in, in general. It does feel a little limiting at times because there's a lot of invisible walls that kind of keep you from going to certain parts of the map until the story allows you to. But I think it was paced pretty well overall. So I could see somebody like feeling like that's very unshenmue like to like restrict where you're supposed to be going that early on. But but it, it, I think it works well for 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 what it's doing. Um. So now I'm in. I forget what the area is called. Oh God, I can't remember the name of the, the city. But I'm in the, the the city part. Um. Which which is kind of interesting when they show you that city. The music that plays is the the music they put to the um, Shenmue Saturn prototype footage that they put on the Xbox version of the game, which I'm not sure if that music was was somewhere else in, in Shenmue otherwise. I'm guessing it probably was used at some point, but I mostly know know of it from that Saturn trailer um, that, that came out. And if you don't know, basically Shenmue was originally being developed for the Sega Saturn, and so on, when they released the Xbox version, they actually showed some behind-the-seeds footage of, of Shenmue running on the Saturn. And so it had this one particular song playing during that that. Uh, trailer so so it was a little bizarre to, to hear that song again with just like different background visuals but yeah i just started in the next city and and i will say that i'm I'm still super impressed by like how 
Shenmue Shenmue 3 feels. And one thing, and this is something that I, I thought about a lot when I was in Japan, when I was, when I was, because, you know, Shenmue is the last thing I kind of played before I left. So it was, it was somewhat fresh on my mind, left for Japan rather. Um, and, you know, I hate to say it, but I, I almost feel, I don't know if this is the right word, but I feel kind of embarrassed by my inability to say that Shinmu is good or not. I think Shinmu is good. So let me say this. I think Shinmu is a good game. I don't really know why or how to explain it. And I, I talked about this on the stream before. I think I think Alex was in there when it was in there and we talked about it a little bit. But it's just really hard for me to put my finger on what makes Shinmu good. And I think before when I was playing and, and maybe if I went back and listened to the podcast, this wasn't the case, but this is how, how, you know, in hindsight, I feel that I was, I felt about the game early on. It's just like, I think it lacked the confidence for me to have a judgment call on that game. Um, mainly because I was a really big fan of Shinmu 1 and Shenmue 2. And so I guess maybe I was worried that like my, my past history with Shenmue was like, this is only good because, because this is Shenmue 3 essentially. And I think there's probably some of that of just like, it's, it feels good to continue that storyline, but there's something good about Shenmue and, and I just can't, I'm having a really hard time like putting my, my thoughts down on why that game is good. Um, I haven't really read other people's reviews of the game, so so maybe if I went and read other people's reviews, I would feel differently. But but for now, you know, I'm still kind of fighting it out in my head. Uh, we'll see how I feel like you know after I beat the game and have a little bit of time away from it, and if I still can't figure out why I like Shenmue and and like what makes that game good, I might poke around and look at some reviews and see what people are saying just to just to like feed my brain a little bit to see if that helps fill in some of the gaps. Uh, that's something I do sometimes, like in the case of like Near Automata, where um, um, I I had a real I struggled really hard with with that game because I was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly disappointed with it, and I don't mean that as like I think it's a bad game, honestly. Like I think that's the thing is like it's a it's a fine game, um, and I think the fan pace for for Automata is uh amazing. I th- I think they do a lot of great stuff. I know a lot of people are like, oh, everyone just likes the booty. But I, uh, I, I don't think it's just that, you know, I, I've, I follow enough people who, who have a genuine love for those characters, even if I don't particularly like most of those characters, but <laughs> I can, I can see the passion in there and I can see why they like those characters. Um, but yeah, I, I sat down and read a lot of near, uh, near Automata reviews after I kind of finished that game and kind of finished laying out my thoughts because I, I just, I felt like I was missing something and I needed to hear what other people were saying to really figure out like what to really complete the picture of of what I thought about that game, um, even though you know, even though I, I had already come away with my particular thoughts after beating the game. So, and finally, I also played a little bit of The Wizard of Oz and the Yellow Big Road, just like so. I actually played like two hours, but I forgot to save at some point, so I only saved like the first hour of my progress. So I uh, basically am just grinding right now because the game actually got quite a bit harder. I think Rowan had warned me of this, that this game kind of gets difficult. And so I'm just kind of grinding out some EXP right now and, uh, you know, just having a good time. Well, I don't know about a good time with it, but it, I think, I think you know, I've been watching more and more speedruns lately. I think I'm going to try to keep this, like, very much on hand that when I'm watching a speedrun, just to plop this thing in and just go because most of that game is 
fairly mindless. Because every, every environment in that game is pretty much just a tunnel. And the battles do have a level of strategy to them. And as I get further, I'm definitely using more and more of my special skills. And kind of thinking a lot more about my, my party composition in terms of each turn. Because if you don't know... Uh, the Olympic Road. Basically, what happens is it's not you. It's not that you have an entire party for a battle. You have a a party for each turn. So you say, I want only this character to go in to act this turn, and I want my. You, you can't even do your full party because everybody has different cost values associated with them. And so one of the characters is three point cost, and you only have four points of party slots per turn. So if you put the three point character in, you can only fit one of the one point characters in. But basically, you kind of uh, shuffle characters in and out of in and out of your party per turn. So there's a lot of, um, I don't know if strategy is the right word, but there's a lot of things to consider when you're, when you're doing that, that shuffle. But, uh, yeah, it's still like, I don't think it really necessarily amounts to a fun game most of the time, but it's still a great looking game. I will say it's, it's very clean. Um, and, and I love the art and I, and I, and I really might dig around to see if there's like art books out there that that were sold in that game or like a strategy guide that might have some art in it um and and see if that's like somewhat obtainable <laughs> and if see if, if it's already all scanned on the internet then that's not a big deal but i i feel like i've definitely found art of that game online but i feel like there's more because in the uh in the game itself there's actually a lot of art too so i wonder if they ever released that otherwise um so yeah and then finally, I also, uh, I haven't started playing it yet, but I started making preparations for Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, if you don't know, Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U actually has an optional install option. Um, so you can install the game on the drive. The problem being is that the Wii U's largest, uh, you know, internal memory is 32 gigabytes. And I'm pretty sure that takes up, if not all, most of that space. Um, and the problem I always had with my Wii U is I've, because the internal memory is so small, I've never had the space to keep a lot of stuff on it. So I always have to kind of delete stuff and filter stuff around and stuff. And it, it, it gets a little annoying. Uh, so I, I decided to go ahead and just invest in like a cheap, uh, external hard drive for my Wii U. So I went ahead and, uh, and bought one of those and, and ordered that. So that's on the way. So that's, I'm preparing for that game. Because uh, once Shinmu 3 is done and probably, depending on if, if I can keep the Yellow Brick Road as like a nice kind of background game for now, I might leave that, you know, I might start Xenoblade Chronicles X even as I start, uh, are still playing Yellow Brick Road. But I'd hope, you know, that I would at least be close to finishing the Yellow Brick Road before I start Xenoblade Chronicles X. So, video games. I have a lot, lot of things to talk about with my video games. It's actually been a very long time, or we're actually pretty deep in this podcast. Uh, and, and I haven't even talked about news um so i'm gonna go over these some quick i don't think i have anything super deep to say anything about these uh one is that there was a uh announcement of monster hunter riders which is this a uh, monster hunter mobile game um i'm not a huge monster hunter fan but i do really like the look and feel of monster hunter stories on the nintendo 3ds and and i still very much plan to play that game i i've, I've pro probably put about five hours into monster hunter stories um, and I, I stopped, uh, for a while because I, I kind of wanted to capture it because I, I felt like that game's really something special and I might want to talk about that game at some point. 
Um, so that was part of the reason why I figured out the whole 3DS capturing stuff uh, not too long ago. So that might be something that's coming up. But, you know, when I say coming up for me, that usually means like within the next two years. So especially if I plan to focus on Xenoblade or uh, Monolith Soft games this year, which are all RPGs, I, I, I'm going to guess I'm not going to invest into a Monster Hunter RPG right now. But anyways, so Monster Hunter Stories, very cool. Monster Hunter Writers um, is is a sequel to Monster Hunter Stories, but it's mobile only. Well, I don't know if sequel is the right word, but but Capcom went as far as to mark Monster Hunter Stories as the YouTube game listed with Monster Hunter writers. So so there's there's a relation there. Similar art style. It, it pretty much looks like the same graphic engine and everything and same art style, but the characters are more like fully grown up looking. So they look like, you know, young adults and adults rather than everybody being like little chibi characters running around. <laughs> Um, although the adults in Monster Hunter stories are also tall, but, but yeah. And, um, you know, one, hard to say if it'll get localized Two, depends on what kind of mobile game it is. If it's like a, if it's like a standalone RPG or something like that, I, I might be interested in checking it out that way. But if it's like an ongoing Puzzles and Dragon or, or whatever you you know, is the current modern or Grand Blue or something like that. I don't have a lot of interest in that, so I don't know if I'll actually check it out. But I like that it. I like how it looks. I like that it exists. I I wish that you know, I I've pretty much kind of dropped mobile games at this point just because they're so time consuming, and they require an immense commitment. Um, in the same way that all live games do, really, it's part of the reason why Final Fantasy XI, Final Fantasy XIV, and Fantasy Star Online Two have been so difficult for me to get back into. It's just they they're never ending. And trying to keep up with the content in those games is, for me and how I play games, uh, very difficult, if not near impossible. Because <laughs> I'm always looking for something new. And so, like, investing hundreds of hours into a single game, uh, you know, is a little a little troublesome, says the man who's played over 100 hours of Fatal Bullet, probably. I need to actually look at my, my hour count for Fatal Bullet. I, I don't know if I ever actually sat down and calculated how much time I put into it. But well, that also means I might accidentally put the disc in and play the story content for Fatal Bullet. <laughs> or the new story content, rather. Anyways, looks great. Uh, don't know if I'll ever play it, but I'm glad it exists. And we'll see. We'll see what it evolves into. If it ends up on like a console platform, that'd be great. I may have not mentioned this before, but that Castlevania Grimoire of Souls game... Um, I actually can't play that on my current phone because it's not compatible. So unless I have my, upgrade my phone, that's not actually going to be an option for me to, to to ever check that out right now, at least without like doing an emulation emulation for it. If there's gamepad support in that game, I might consider emulating that on a PC or something. But that's a conversation for another day. I, I definitely have all the free time to play a mobile game. One little fun anecdote here is um, I saw that a U.S. gamer had reported that uh, Anthem, the you know EA, I guess you would say previously live game, but maybe less so at this point. Uh, but you know, Destiny style third-person shooter thing. Um, that game uh, had like its holiday lobby put up in Christmas, and it's now early February, and its holiday lobby is still up. <laughs> and so, um, it made me laugh because a long time ago, and admittedly, I've never gone on my way to verify this was the case or not. But a long time ago, I remember reading about something called uh, I think it was Eternal Christmas for Fancy Star Online for the Xbox, and it was basically like I think it was, uh, or Sega like turned on the 
the Christmas holiday for for the Fancy Star Online service for Xbox. But you know, Xbox was like maybe the most neglected platform out of all of those when it came to you know people playing Fancy Star Online, as far as I know. Um, and then they just never turned it off. So it was like an entire year of Christmas, <laughs> Christmas lobby just going. So I always found that story kind of funny. And this, this Anthem story reminded me of it. So nothing really to say there other than I, I think it's really silly and I, I hope it stays up forever. It's not going to, but who knows? <laughs> and then I also saw there's a new Switch version of Tuare no Palm, I think it's called. It's that, uh, I don't know if you'd call it an Otome game really, but it's a game you could maybe think of somewhat similar to Love Plus, where it's like a dude who's like, in a prison cell that you can see through a mirror, I think is how it works. And, and you interact with them through that mirror essentially. Um, and so they added a new dude to that. Um, so I think I maybe known that they're adding a third character to that game, but forgot. So I actually bought the, the previous version of Tuario no Palm, uh, for the switch that has just the two dudes, the two first, first two dudes in it. Uh, have not sat down and tried to play that at all. I, I really would like to, but, you know, being a Japanese, very text-heavy game, I'm sure, uh, I'd really have to commit to it if I were to actually get any real progress in there. Um, but, you know, the fact that if, if I do miss, up, miss out on this third character, no biggie. Um, the the Honestly, the, the character I think is, that's, like, the best, I guess best looking at the very least, is the, the blonde dude with the ponytail. So I got him in my game, supposedly, so... So I think I'm good at the, on, on that part at least. <laughs> Although I think that I think it's like a narrative that that's carried between these characters. So I think you play like each character one at a time kind of thing. Like one's like episode one, the other one's like an episode two or, or series one and series two or something like that. So I'm gonna guess this third character is probably in that that same form. I'm saying this, but that's just like to my my loose understanding. I could be incredibly wrong. Do not correct me. Well, you're welcome to correct me, actually. I'd be curious to hear if you know. Uh, but just know that I'm not, not <laughs> may not be spewing out proper information from my mouth right now. And that's kind of it for news. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I don't remember how much I talked about it last week, but the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, Torn of the Golden Country video is done. I finished it this weekend. So, so you should see that up tomorrow when you're hearing this. If you're listening to this on Monday, you'll hear it. It'll be up tomorrow at the usual time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, and then I make the actual post on Twitter around 10 a.m. Pacific time. So um, I just don't expect anything too like crazy out of it. I think my opinion on uh, Torn of the Golden Country is very straightforward. I, I As far as I know, you know, I didn't go like deep on digging up people's opinions on Torn of the Golden Country. Uh, but but I think I from what I have heard over the year or over the year or so, uh, generally... I think my opinion falls in line with other people in that game. Uh, it's very much just one of those cases where I had this, you know, script I had half written, mostly written, honestly, uh, that was just sitting around for a year and I kept coming back to it. And I kept wanting to do something with it. And, you know, as a video, it maybe isn't like super on brand for me, but, <laughs> but I love Monolith Soft games and I feel like I want to do more Monolith Soft coverage, which might be part of why I'm playing Monolith Soft games this year. Although it's definitely a personal goal of mine to play more Monolith Soft games. I mean, it's one of those things like Castlevania and Zelda where it's like, there's a few enough games left in, in like Monolith Soft's back catalog that I, I think I really could, if I focused, uh, you know, get most of them out of the way in, in the short term. But, um, but yeah, so Video's going up for that. Um, just a review. 
I like that game a lot. And hopefully, uh, if you haven't played, if you, I kind of, I kind of catered the, the, the video to be, you know, a comparison to, to what was fixed from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and also kind of look at the game from a, a, what if you came into this fresh perspective, you know, talking about how the onboarding process works and, and, and how, you know, that's different if you're, if you're coming in as another player, I guess, or a player outside of, you know, somebody who's plays Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, and so hopefully, hopefully that comes across. I was, I was trying to strike that balance of like, Hey, you know, this is a cool game to start with. Although there's, there's some story things that, that might be problematic and and you just jumping right into this, but you know, I don't know. I like the game a lot. Uh, I, I think if you play that game, whether you've played Xenoblade Chronicles 2 or not, you're probably good, um, to, to just jump right into it. But hey, watch my video and make a decision for yourself. I don't think anybody watches my videos to make purchasing decisions, but <laughs> but you know, hopefully it's uh hopefully it's of some interest to you. And then uh and then I'm guessing probably uh a Tokadol video is gonna be next. So I have a, the majority of a script done for that. I haven't looked at it in about a week, so I need to sit down and, and kind of give it a look again and see where it's at. And then, uh, I still, I, I feel bad. There's, there's someone I was going to do a podcast with and I haven't reached out to them in a while. Um, so I need to reach back out to them, kind of, kind of figure things out with that. And then, uh, so we might have like a, a podcast month and then, a and then a, a normal, uh, or a normal video month kind of thing. That'd be kind of a nice if I kind of went back and forth in that way. Hey, one month is, uh, you know, a guest podcast and one month is a video, but at the same time with the guest podcast, I don't really want to be too strict on timing on those. Cause I don't want people to feel like, I don't want to have to sit there and like force people into my schedule or something like that. So, so I think it's going to be pretty loose on those, on those schedules still, but, but I think that might be my general goal of what I tried to do. We just may not actually land directly on those, <laughs> on that pattern of one, one guest podcast, one, one, uh, you know, normal game podcast. Um, so, you know, in the meantime, while I, I take a cool down from video editing, uh, and just play some games, I'm going to go ahead and try to do some quick plays as well. So you should see some stuff coming up, uh, soon with that. Uh, I might do a Solomon program one in the, in the near future first. And I think I do want to do something with Shenmue three. Once I'm done with Shenmue three, it probably won't be a live quick play. Cause that game is a bit too hard to, to cover all in one like segment of sitting down and talking about it. But I might do something similar to like what I do with the Rhythm Thief or what I do with Rhythm Games in general, where I just take like clips from the game and kind of talk through it as I show different parts of the games and things like that. So, yeah. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControllReport.com is the website. Uh, started up Martian Gothic again for streams. So if you uh, look at the stream from last week, picked up Martian Gothic. If you haven't watched that stream, it's basically two hours of me just kind of getting, getting my feet what again with that game i did make a little progress but um i may end up rolling back my save file anyways just to just to conserve some resources that game uh is not very respectful of your resources as far as i can tell uh maybe i'm being overly conservative with that game but uh but when you have a game that has respawning zombies every time you enter a room and then they're like here's your 200 only bullets for this part of the game uh i'm going to not take any risks and save scum a bunch so so yeah so we're working on martian gothic um and i think after martian gothic i, I don't really know how long that game's going to be although you know when you look at the space station and how many rooms are left there's not that much space left to explore at least in the current map maybe there's another map that we uh end up on um but in, in looking at our, or you know, looking at forward, I think we might do a Dore Mi Fantasy for the Super Nintendo. 
Um, that's a game I've always been wanting to try to check out, and we haven't done anything 16-bit-ish since uh, like Mega Man, um, Mega Man X3. So, so Dory May Fantasy might be that decision. Um, the the only thing that I think would would change my mind on that is if I do ultimately decide to go for something that's more 8-bit because I haven't I don't think I've ever streamed any kind of like 8-bit game before. Um, but I don't really have a big library of that kind of stuff. So unless something really caught my eye on something I want to stream, uh, that, that is from that era, I think Dora Me Fantasy will probably be that. And then I'm thinking at this point, the next game after that, and this is thinking way far ahead, I'm sure I'll, I'll lose interest in whatever I'm planning to do and go do something else. Like I did when I threw Kaminazo in the middle of everything and ruined, <laughs> ruined my stream, my stream schedule. Um, um, I think we might play something that's a bit more modern, uh, maybe on like maybe a PS4 uh, game or something. I think uh, Left Alive is definitely a very uh, high contender on that list. I need to look to see how long it is again. I, I haven't I haven't checked in a bit. So, so yeah, that that's kind of what I'm looking at. Basically, just trying to do a mix of genres and mix of platforms. You know, you know how I am. I like I like variety and and I like my content on my website, my streams, and my videos to reflect that. So. What I'm saying is you can expect a full spectrum warrior video at some point and I know nobody wants it, but I want it. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyways, thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Uh, podcasts, you know, you're listening to this, but every Monday at nine in the morning, uh, Pacific time, and then also streams every Thursday at seven o'clock Pacific time as well. Anyways, that's it. I hope you have a great week. Bye.